coming up this week on the Smitty and Mitty Show. The Blue Jays are in a playoff hunt. We'll talk about that. And we're joined by Owen Sound's finest, Sam McKee from Fan590. Don't go anywhere. It's the Smitty and Mitty Show. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Start your engines! 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone saying... You're so dumb. For real. With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Mitty. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? you. That's my name. (laughs) This is the Smitty Mini Show. All nodded at once. Coming back to the bat, the London Majors are tied. And what do they say about the series is it's never over until you lose at home? Mm -hmm. Is that what they say? When you have the home field advantage. Yeah, there you go. They haven't lost at home. So still in a uh, very nice position. Uh, Noah Smith, Tyler Middleton, the Smitty Mini Show podcast. Thank you to our sponsors, Dave Middleton, Sunlight Financial Life is Brighter Under the Sun, Goldline Curling, the choice of champion sponsor of the 2022 Ontario Tankert happening in Port Elgin, Ontario at the uh, Plex. Check out tickets online. Right meow. Mm, big time tickets coming your way. I'm so yeah, excited. Very expensive. Very yeah. expensive. Are they? I don't know. How much is our press pass? Free. Free? Nope. Why spend money when you don't have to? That's my motto. That's no, what, the biggest, the biggest thing of. is why spend money when you don't have it? <laughs> you guys have to pay. Mm, can't go. Mm, do we? Do, do we, we have to? Can't make it now. So. <laughs> I'm actually super busy that day now. Yeah, well, I oh, can't. that was, mm, I forgot what day it was. My apologies. Yeah, I, uh, I have a hair appointment. Sorry can't do it. Mm. Smitty Mini Show, make sure you give us a follow on the social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Smitty Mini Show. Um, some exciting stuff coming up here as we are in what we like to call the hottest time of year for sports, postseason baseball just around the corner, hockey getting started, football underway three, four weeks in. It is the uh, the meat of sports season in our opinion and uh, exciting. So lots of time coming up on that later on in the show as well as uh, I believe you dubbed him own sounds finest, at least what they call him. Uh, Sam McKee will join us a little bit later on in the show as well. I heard somebody call him that. I didn't call him that specifically. I don't, I mean, I don't know him. That'd be a weird thing to just hop out and call him that. Right. That'd be Mm. a bit strange. Borderline weird. Yeah. Uh, borderline for sure. That's a good way to put it. Borderline weird. But now, now we know him and you know why? Cause we talked to Sam McKee producer at five 90, the fan. Um, Anytime I can get to talk to an Owen Soundite who is like not, you know, who is actually a something, that's huge. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. very often. It's like me and Sam. I think that's it. Are we the only two? <laughs> I don't know. You just threw everybody else that we might have talked to from Owen Sound under the bus, though. Who have we talked to from Owen Sound? I don't know. That is actually from Born in Owen Sound. Fred Freddie Wallace is about it. And Freddie Wallace is definitely higher up on the totem pole than me. Like what I actually just <laughs> did is compare myself to real celebrities, and that's not true. Yeah. At all. You just put yourself way up there with the rest of everyone else. Uh we had the absolute worst night we've ever had with a baby last night. Her, she had the worst night ever. Yeah. No sleep yeah. for you. No, didn't go to bed till 3 a.m. And we even went for a 2 a.m. drive to try and put her to bed. And she just woke up as soon as we walked back in the door. So I saw that, uh, I think Kara posted on social media, I saw that, and the first thing that came to mind is like, it seems really irresponsible to just go for a drive and leave the baby at home. Like, was it that annoying? 
that was what the first thing that came to mind was. And then I had to rethink about it and go, that's not what they meant. That is not no, what they meant. No, I think no, they took the right. baby with them. Yeah, we'll put you in the tub here. Water's running. Uh, there's the toaster if you want any toast. It's right next to the tub. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in an hour to an hour and a half. Uh, be okay. Bye. Mommy and daddy are going to McDonald's now, okay? Yeah. You sit yeah. here. Be quiet. <laughs> you're going to hear this a lot over your life. Daddy's going to McDonald's. We'll see you in a bit. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's, sorry to hear that. Uh, hopefully you got enough sleep. And before football started on Sunday, you were able to get some rest because I know you weren't going to sleep during football time. No, I've got no sleep because we went from football to recording and then we're going to go probably Sunday night baseball. We were talking about it. It's this is a big uh, discussion in our pre-show chat is if we're going to watch Sunday night baseball or Sunday night football. But baseball is kind of big. You know, we kind of care what's happening here if you're if you're rooting for the Toronto Blue Jays. But I think we're going to talk about that later. I'm going to stop you right there. We're going to talk about that. Uh, much much later football was fun this week uh, I have no complaints really I can't even think a 66 yard field goal made by Tucker and just in, in true Lions fashion yeah. boink it off the crossbar and go st- like how often do you think a, a football literally hits the bar and goes forward still like what what are the we need Neil deGrasse Tyson to give us the physics the physics 101 the mathematics on that like if you to hit the bar because like think about it it's flipping forwards right it's flipping backwards with the kick so to hit the bar that perfectly to still go forwards how how how? i I don't know i'm not a mathematician seems pretty crazy though and and, well to do it from 66 yards it's either going to be close yeah yeah. it's gonna like you're not gonna get it right through the uprights like it's gonna be marveling i'm marveling at how it hit the bar when he just hoofed it from his own half of the field 66 yards and i'm more worried about what happened when it hit the bar yeah you're right that was a pretty good kick and just the lions can't never catch breaks just never like matt stafford is so happy to be out of detroit because they could have the best players to ever play football and they would still find ways to lose football games like detroit lions fans are just doomed and he is thriving it seems over in los angeles as well put on quite the performance uh sunday afternoon against tom brady's buccaneers uh that i was excited about that game i don't think it turned out to be as exciting as we hoped it was no i tom tom yeah i know him. i know him, tom pretty well uh mr brady is what he deserves to be called was talking before the game i'm sure you heard it about him never having really played for the buccaneers in a stadium that's enclosed and full. So they were worried about their silent counts. They didn't know how it was going to go. And and he actually, he looked like it looked like for the first, you know, quarter and a half to even first half, they were pretty shaken up. They, they didn't have much going at all. And I wonder if it was the crowd that kind of, it's gotta be tough. You have no communication with uh, almost a new team. I mean, you've been there for a year, but a newish team, some newish players. And yeah, he looked, it looked like it bugged them for sure. Well, and it looked like he was just kind of thrown off and they got into some pretty deep deficits down three scores. And uh, he looked like there was a few times there about in the start of the third quarter where it looked like he was going to start a comeback. And then it's just Los Angeles Stafford came back the other way and, and made it a three score game again. They were right there to respond every time Tampa Bay did. And what I was pretty sure was going to happen happened. And that uh, that was the Bills won. So go Bills. I love my Bills. Josh Allen looked a whole hell of a lot better this week. I think he put a lot of the uh, scaredy cats in their place. It was like, okay, all right, he can do it. He can still do it because the first two weeks were not promising. And he showed that he can still do it with the best of them. And the Bills still look like the class of the AFC East because I have Bill Belichick. I mean, Jones, Mac Jones did not look good, I don't think. Um, 
against a, a pretty, I think, average Saints team. So the, the Bills are back on top of the AFC East, and I don't think they're going to look back now. Yeah, and they did it against a pretty good Washington defense as well. So uh, a statement, statement win, if you will, for the Buffalo Bills on Sunday, improving their record to two and one. Was there any other games on Sunday that you just found disappointing? I mean, I know you look at some teams that are um, off to good starts that you wouldn't expect, like Carolina, I think it's 3-0 and now, right? Like, how long is that going to continue on for? Well, they lost Christian McCaffrey, a guy who just can't stay healthy ever which is a shame because he is the class of the NFL. I think like if when he is playing, he it's a marvel to watch what he can do. He is basically a receiver with, you know, running back speed and power because he is a running back at the same time. He, he, he's phenomenal, but he just can't stay on the field. You need to be able to stay on the football field in order to make differences. So that Carolina team, I think is going to take a big step back uh, losing probably the, the, not even probably the best running back in the league. We'll see how they respond going forward. Uh, I answered that ahead. like a. I answered that like it was an interview. <laughs> you answered like an analyst too. I did. It's like we were sitting here at uh, like a panel before. It wasn't a game. great analysis for somebody who's never actually touched a football field, like touch football and flag football. That's about as far as I've got. There's been no pads on this body, so I was too worried to get hurt. I was a baby. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because if you probably like took the two of us and looked at us and you're like, probably played football in high school, right? Big guys. Never, you know I never got, times I never got close to a football field. Uh, how many times the coach at my high school that came over and he's like, Hey, you sure you don't want to play football? And I was like, No, Pete, sorry, I can't. I like the Ontario Blue Jays program said you're not allowed to play sports outside of baseball because I mean you're paying like 12 grand to play there, so they really don't want you to get hurt. Uh, so I kept having to say no, no, no. But I mean, I gotta ask quite a bit, and it, I kind of wished I did to be honest with you. Yeah, I was do like, as well. There was this like a false sense of my talents in baseball that I thought maybe I was going to go somewhere that wasn't like just, just the Concordant Cubs, double A champions. You were like, uh, I am the shit. Like, I don't yeah. need to be wasting my time playing high exactly. school football. I'm like, going what? pro. I was like, I'm going to go to a division two Juco. And then obviously I'm going to make the next logical step into the pro ranks. So why would I have to play football when really I should have just had fun and played football and banked some heads and got some CTE. A hundred percent. I look back at it and I think, I should have done it. Do you, do you want the honest reason why I didn't play high school football? A lot of running. They practiced every single day. Yeah. And I looked out there on the day one of the practice in grade nine, and they were running up and down the hills out back. Although, you know what I did? I was like, nope, that's not for me. I made it to OFSA three years in a row for one event. And if you were to ask me, if you were to look at me, you would not go track and field is what it was. And it was. I was a track and field star. For what? Discus. <laughs> I had discus and shot put. Shot put, I never got past, past like the regions, read the regionals, but the discus, I was pretty good. I was pretty good at it, but you still had to like, you had to do a whole 200 meter run to warm up. Why is this the first time I'm hearing of this? That I was a track star? Yeah. Star, I say. A star. Went yeah, to I was on, a couple of times. Yeah, I was you on Kellogg's. Star. I was on Frosty Flakes boxes. Yeah. Uh, mm, mm, mm. Yeah, honestly though why is this the first time i'm hearing that you were a discus star i don't know a discus I had the, prodigy i even had the discus shoes i got a nice picture i'll send it to you maybe we can get it up on the wall in this mini mini show they have discus shoes yeah they're just there's no grip on the bottom because you got to be able to slide mm. it's all it's all rotation right you got to get some quick speed up there like ooh, like the road runner just <laughs> yeah with that sound effect that's exactly what it sounded like well the more you learn every day eh? now i know <laughs> 
Now, I All know right. when I'm watching the Summer Olympics, the next time they come around and throw some discus on, I'll know, hey, guy's got a <laughs> twirly shoes on. <laughs> All right, I'm done with this conversation. Let's move on. Sam McKee is producer at 590 The Fan, and he joins us now. Sam, uh, you are an Owen Sound, what did I say? The class of Owen Sound, is that what I said? Owen Sound's uh, finest, I Owen believe. Owen Sound's finest, there you go, thank you. And now you're back on 560 CFOS. How does it feel to be back on that station? Honestly, fellas, it's <laughs> it's actually a pretty interesting experience for me because I grew up, I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house and, you know, the sound of CFOS was always on the radio. It was always around. I always heard all the oldies and that sort of, you know, that uh, the AM sound that I've become so in love with, obviously working at Sports at 590 The Fan. So you could say that CFOS has a huge uh, influence on my radio life. I've listened to to that station for a really long time. So it's special to be able to go on with you guys. So uh, I'm loving it. That really comes full circle, eh? That's most of our listening base is just on in the background, which is fine. (laughs) It's there. Guess what? That's fine. And that, that sometimes will, you know, that'll worm into your brain and you'll remember everything that we're saying. I remember, was it, is there still on there where you could dial in with a deal or whatever, call in? Is that still a thing on, uh, on TFOS where you can, they have like the, the what's it called the hotline or hotline, something like that yeah with uh yeah with dave Carr, i believe it's still with him in the yeah, mid days yeah no i i uh i love cfos so this is this is a special treat for me fellas special treat you're also on uh, rogers tv great county now we started that last week so uh you're hitting all the all the people yeah. from back home that get to see your face again too oh, i love it i love it fellas so like a couple of sound questions to start because i don't get to do this much uh, were you an east side or a west side boy because that makes a huge difference on how this is going to go I'm afraid to say, uh, East side. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not, I mean, it's the, I would say the lesser of two evils, you know, okay. well, you? I was, so when I was there, I was up by the drive-in was when my parents lived there. So yeah. I was way up by there. But then when I lived by myself, I was right on second street, second or second uh, street East, second yeah. Ave East. Sorry. So yeah. like I was right in the middle. I, I, I could have went either way. So. Well, I'm, uh, yeah, I grew up in, on 4th Ave East and then 9th Street East. So I'm an East Sider for life. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily go West if I don't have to, unless I'm going to deals, fellas. So that's it, basically. <laughs> I wasn't aware this was a thing, East versus West. Oh, that's a is, it, is it a battle? Yeah, it's a battle. It's like comic book battle. Like this is serious stuff. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, the West side, the West Hill thing and the OSCVI thing back when I was in high school used to be kind of a rivalry thing, but I guess. They're both one of them's an elementary school now, and one of them's a high school or whatever. So I guess that's kind of changed. But yeah, it used to be sort of a big West versus East sort of thing when I was back back a hundred years ago when I was in high school. But yeah, it's uh, I guess you could say it's a bit of a thing, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And last question on Owen Sound before we move on and actually do sports. If uh, besides the same and spectacular, because I know we've talked to to Owen Sound by the way. If you want to do just all Owen Sound, uh, just all Owen Sound. That's <laughs> that's fine with whatever. That the the London listeners would probably not appreciate oh, that. Wow. Too bad. Yeah, well, whatever. And uh, so like we talked to JD, we've talked to him about going to the same spectacular. I'm assuming with you, he said with his own sound friend, I don't know how many own sounders he knows. So I'm I assuming was, it was you. Yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you talked about going to the same spectacular. So other than that, we're taking that off the base. If somebody was heading up to own sound for one day, is there anything you would say you have to go see? Cause I mean, I got a couple. Mm, that's a great question. I guess sending them to Sobble is kind of cheating, right? Like that's not really own sound. That's, but... that's saying get out of own sound. <laughs> the one thing you have to see in own sound. When is you leave. get there, turn around, head to Sobble. I love Kelso Beach Park, and I also love Harrison Park. Uh, I think probably Harrison Park would be the place that I would send them, mostly because of all the, the restaurant and all the different sort of things that you can do down there. 
but I love Kelso Beach Park. I'm a big summer folk guy, so I spent a lot of time down there when I was younger. And I, I love it down there just by the water, a great view of Georgian Bay. So I would go Harrison Park or Kelso Beach Park if I was sending anybody. But I do love Sobelton. But yeah, right, you're right. That's not on set. So I won't send him outside of there. But yeah, those are my two that I'd go with. Yeah, I would have said the waterfall, the waterfall trip. There's some pretty amazing waterfalls up there if you're into that. If you're taking up the significant other and you want to have a day of English is beautiful. It beautiful. is. It's true. You took me there once. I oh, took you there once. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. After, after a night at the harbor. We woke oh, up and well, that was the, the other falls. question. The harbor, harbor Jason's that's a huge oh, one. Okay, that's an easy one, yeah. fellas. And that's Jason's all day. Like, Jason, uh, really? Yeah, like, uh, guess what? I love the harbor, it's a necessary evil. Been there a million times. I've been to both a million times. Don't get me wrong, but I, I love Jason's pub, always been a Jason's guy. I used to love the dark side until it closed, but uh, yeah, I've seen some things at all of them, but uh, I'm a huge fan of both. So and I, the thing I'm the biggest fan of is stumbling down to old Pizza Pizza afterwards anyway, after that, and then to get to see everyone there anyway. So see, that's where my apartment was. It was like a half block away from Pizza Pizza. So even when I wasn't out of the bar that night, I would just stumble down to Pizza Pizza at midnight and just meet some people. I was going to say that is a I've seen some stuff and I think I've seen wilder stuff in that Pizza Pizza than I have in both of the bars. So. Well, I they mean, gotta, yeah, they're going to make a ton of money in the summer. Though. Oh, yeah. Maybe not so much in the winter, but definitely in the summer, it's probably a popping spot. All right, we'll move on. We'll actually do some sports. All right. All right. I'm, I'm okay to move on, I guess. All right, we'll go. We'll do some NFL. And I wonder if you – who do you have a feel of, of like, it's a surprise team that's not going to last? A team that, you know, has really come out of the gates hot but doesn't have the chance to sustain that. It's a good question, fellas. And I, God, I just got to say that I've been so, I go back and forth with the NFL. You know, sometimes I get a little bit, uh, you know, I feel like it's a bit of a craven league and you have the tough, the tough time. And I went through a couple of years there where I wasn't as into the NFL, but the past couple, I have been all in on it. And I've just been like rotting, watching all day, every day for the last two Sundays. The team that I'm kind of got my back up, the, so you're thinking about the surprise team that's not that good, that started out okay, I think would be Carolina. I see Carolina at two and oh, I don't know. Like they beat the, they beat Jameis after they had that crazy win. Their week one win wasn't that convincing. They're a team to me. That's definitely not as good as a two and oh record. Uh, but you know, I think the, the start of the season, there's been a lot of teams that are just kind of started out the way they are. Like I, you know, I look at the, Owen, the Owen two teams. I mean, the Falcons suck. They're going to be Owen. They're going to be Owen a lot for a while here. You look at, uh, you look at the Vikings. I think they suck. I think it's been a pretty telling start to the season in terms of teams that are good and ter- teams that are ba- uh, bad. Like, are, aren't we expecting um, Tom Brady and the Bucs to run it off? They're hot. Like, I think the Bills will get hot here. I think the good teams that have looked good, I think there's going to be a pretty clear separation between good and bad teams in the NFL this year. Tom Brady has started the season with nine passing touchdowns. Does that surprise you as a high number? Or is he just going to keep on getting better with age? It seems like every year he continues to improve almost. So. I, I have to say that I'm surprised, I guess, but at the same time, how could you be surprised? Right? Like it's, it's kind of this weird thing that I do when I'm watching them. I was watching the game yesterday and I'd watch the game the Thursday night or they played the first game of the season, right? Against, against the Cowboys. Yeah. I was like, how are, how are they still doing this? How is he still doing this? How old is this guy? But at the same time, why would you ever count him out? He's the greatest of all time. He's won seven Super Bowls. He looks like he's getting better. I don't know what they're pumping into him, that avocado juice or whatever he's drinking every day. The guy looks unbelievable. So I'm not really surprised. He's got all these amazing weapons around them. The one thing I will say about them is the defense has been a little bit porous. A little bit, they gave up a lot of points to the Cowboys, who do have a decent offense. I'm not going to take away from that. 
but the Falcons suck. And they still gave up what 25, 26 points to them. So I'm a little worried about that defense, but boy, they can play offense with anyone. And I think they're going to be there at the end of the year in the NFC. Like who's better than them in the NFC right now? No one that I'm looking at that I I'm circling as a favorite over them. No, they're pencil for the Super Bowl, I think, right now, for sure. And I think it kind of it, it gives us a distorted reality when we try and compare uh, Tom Brady to Bill Belichick because Brady moved on to Tampa Bay and he was already surrounded by these weapons. And then he brought in more in like just the thing of Antonio Brown, who could be a wide receiver one in pretty much any fantasy league if he does what he did in week one. And, but Bill Belichick had just an evacuation of players and he had had to tr- try and build from the bottom up with now a rookie quarterback. So it's hard for us to evaluate the two, but we get to see him this year too. So I'm kind of excited for that play each other. Yeah. When is that in two weeks they're playing? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I really think that Tom Brady means business here and you know, they're like, they're running all these, like they're passing so much. They're barely running the ball. It feels like, I kind of feel like, I don't know. He told Arians that he's like this year, I'm proving something to the whole world again. I don't know. He's just, how do you get a chip on your shoulder when you're got seven Super Bowls? It just feels like it's it's almost like he wants to prove even more. What is there more to prove? I don't understand how you keep uh, motivating yourself to keep to go into these NFL seasons. I guess he loves it so much, but I think that'll be a really fascinating style. You know, going those two guys going against each other in a couple of weeks. You know, having that the defense that he spent all that money on, like you were talking about, having Tom Brady on a mission. Is it in Foxborough or is it in uh, Tampa? That's a question. I think it's in Foxborough. Yeah, I think. So that's going to be a really weird one for all the fans. Like I am, that's got to be one of the most anticipated football games ever. Like, what is that going to look like? What are the fans? How are they going to react to that? How would you like to be Mac Jones going into that game? You know, like this guy that's won this franchise, these six Super Bowls coming in there with a new team. You got to try to beat them. Boy, oh boy, that's going to be a really good one. So I, I'm a big Tom Brady guy. I'm a huge fan of his. I have to say like, you got to appreciate greatness in the moment. And, you know, you can't be like, oh, I, I hate uh, – because a lot of times people hate greatness, right? Like LeBron, people hate him. You look back, you look even at like Ovi and Sid, there's people that hate those guys. But like if you're in the moment with true greatness, you got to appreciate it. And I'm trying my best to do that with Brady. Yeah, I, I would argue that's how you get that many Super Bowl rings is having the chip on your shoulder at all times when, when you shouldn't. And uh, I don't know what the line's going to be in that game, um, but I'm going to be hammering uh, – the tampa bay for sure like uh, it's gonna be most of my earnings are gonna be on tampa bay because i just feel like brady's gonna go in there and tear the imaginary roof off that place i would completely agree with that uh you know the only thing is that that defense and if there's anybody that knows uh tom brady it's bill belichick and you could picture that being you can that being like the ultimatum of him being like i have to beat him i'm gonna drop everything to beat him that would be the only hesitance I would give to putting all your hard-earned shekels on Tom Brady in the, in the box, but I'm not going to stop you in doing that. I feel like it's going to be – that guy just keeps saying. It's going to be so fascinating to see how those two things match up. It's like a um, – it's just a, a force versus a guy who wants to stop. It's going to be amazing. Now, I got one more on uh, the NFL before we move on. Maybe we'll ask a golf question because I know you're a, you're a golf guy at heart. Ready for that. <laughs> um, but <laughs> – we've seen kind of in the NFL this year, they've, they've putting, they're putting taunting under the microscope and they did, you know, roughing the passer with the quarterbacks uh, a couple of years ago. And now the, like what game was it this week? The Cowboys game where it was just penalty after penalty after penalty. I think they had nine in the first quarter. Is this bad? Good for the NFL? Like, why are they doing this? Why are they taking the passion out of the NFL? Well, this sucks. There's no other way around it. And everybody says it sucks. Everyone who watches the NFL says it sucks. Who in the NFL, who's watching this being like, yeah, I like this. There's no one who's watching the NFL and being like, wow, that guy's really excited. I hate that. You know, you know what probably feels really 
good. Making a 13-yard catch and converting a big first down and celebrating. That probably feels really good. I'm not going to be able to sit here and tell you, like, I can score a goal in beer league and it feels great. Playing in the NFL, it's getting, getting, a, getting a, a first down and celebrating and getting in a guy's face and everybody's fired up, the crowd's fired up. It's insane to me that you're going to go there and be like, no, that's a 15-yard penalty. Take away the momentum. I just don't really understand the logic. Like, can you figure out what the logic is, why they would want it out? I just don't, I don't know what the downside of a guy doing a big selling in somebody's face is. I just don't understand it. Well, and it seems like to me a comparison to being a goal celebration in the NHL, right? Like the NHL loves that kind of thing. And as long as you're not going like, insanely crazy i mean I, I think back to like the ov hot stick like uh, well, flag right away right like the nfl listen, just needs i would have flagged him too i'm not like mr <laughs> i'm not mr uh like i don't mind i like big sellies i'm okay with it I, that one was a little bit too much for my uh for me when he did the hot stick i was like you got it. like that was too much i would have my own sound attack when i used to go to the games and they were when i was like 12 and there'd be more fights and there were goals in the game. I would have been, somebody would have been fighting him for sure for that one, but no, that was not a good one. I, I, I will not give you the hot stick, Sally, but pretty much any other one. I will. I, I, was I think that was the only yeah. one that came to mind is one that yeah, was like, yeah. eh. I wasn't planning on, on doing the whole one sound attack, but I worked for the team for like nine years in the dressing yeah. room, including the championship year. Oh, and yeah. One of my favorite times of the on sound attack was when Theo Peckham and I forget mm-hmm. the other guy's name. Um, but they fought the day before and they just went after each other. And then the next day the attack traded for that opposite player. And just to be funny, they put them right next to each other in the locker room. So these two guys are bloody and bruised and they both have cauliflower ears from fighting each other. And they are sitting right next to each other. It was so awkward. I love that. That's hilarious. That's uh, I mean, but I'll tell you, you know, that's, that's hockey right there. You know, you go out there and you have a battle and then you go and have a beer afterwards. That's kind of the, the culture of the game, but uh Yeah. I don't know how I got to own sound attack talking about the uh, talking about flags in the NFL, but if there's anyone that can bring it back, I guess it's me. It always finds its way. I would say 90% of these shows have attack in them. somewhere. He, sneaks, sure. he tries to sneak them in wherever he can. I'm just used to it at this point. It is what it is. Uh, let's move on though. Let's talk a little bit about the blue Jays because obviously a huge playoff race going on right now. And uh, right now, fellas, yeah, you got the Jays shirt on. We're rocking it. We're ready to go. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the playoff race. And then I want to also talk uh, a hot, hot topic on our show the past probably two or three, if not four weeks, has been the MVP race and whether or not Shohei Otani has a legitimate gripe to being an MVP because it seems like he's the only one who's going to be getting votes. Do you think that Otani should be MVP over Vlad or even anyone else like Salvador Perez? This has been one of my hobby horse takes for, I have been leaning on this for as long as you guys have been. And anytime, I get any chance to scream about this on the fan I do I listen I understand how special it is what Shohei Otani's doing I really do right pitching hitting being a top 20 pitcher a top 20 hitter in the league at the same time is absurd but the angels suck so why do we have to do this every single it's like the angels get their memorial MVP like they get Mike Trout they're in last place they have Otani they're in last place I don't know I understand that it's special. You have to reward the specialness somehow, but like Vladdy is, have you seen guys, September numbers for Vlad? The guy is ripping the ball every, like he guys don't pitch to him and he's still ripping the ball. He's like in Barry Bonds like area right now in terms of guys not wanting to pitch to him. I think he's only getting 35% of his pitches are in the zone. He is so locked in. He's contributing to a team that's looking like it's going to be in the playoffs. 
he any other year he's the MVP. If I had an MVP vote, I know who I would be voting for. But I guess I don't know. Baseball kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better term, is a little bit nerdy. And a lot of them, like a lot of the people who are going to be voting on this, kind of value the 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 history, like the history of what Shohei Otani is doing versus you know the actual wins for the Blue Jays. So I would, if I was voting, hundred percent, I'd be voting for Vladdy because he's having a really special year. But I think it's going to be Shohei, which just is not what we want to hear. But Vlad, listen, I would love if Vladdy could find a way to do the triple crown, right? Because then he could have, you know, Vladdy would then have that sort of thing to kind of put a, a feather in his cap if he doesn't get the MVP. And Shohei Otani can have his little fake MVP where because he pitches and hits, he gets to do that. And that, everyone rewards him. And then they, you know, they go home because they never make the playoffs. I don't know. I just hate the Angels. I have this like whole thing against the Angels where it's like, Everyone tells me how great their players are all the time. They're on at 10 o'clock. No one ever sees it. They never play a meaningful game and everybody's the MVP. I, I just have this like resentment towards the angels, I guess. Well, yeah, they have all these great players and they're just always terrible. They're, they're where good players go, how to die. That's, that's probably the best player we're ever going to see in our generation has been lost in LA for the last what nine seasons. It's ridiculous. Playoff games, right? It's like, yeah, he's the goat. He's one of the best players ever. And it's like, how can you be one of the best players ever? You've played five playoff games. And I understand baseball's not a, it's a team sport way more than others. Like it's not like LeBron can, you know, buoy a team to the playoffs and go deep in the playoffs with just one great player. Baseball is much more about, you know, pitching, hitting. There's so many different people that contribute, but like, how can you say that he's the greatest player of the generation? You play five playoff games. That's a travesty. They've just never surrounded him with anything. It's brutal. Yeah. And at some point it becomes his fault too, eh? For staying there. Like, how, does, how does he not want out? Well, I mean, if they're going to give me the biggest contract yeah, in baseball. Still, you know, 500 yeah. mil. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I'd go, I'd go play in Serbia for, <laughs> for a quarter of that. So. <laughs> well, we, we talked about Vladdy and I, and I know – it's not your fault, but I've been listening to the fan the whole time. Like I listen every day because I'm driving. That's where I get a lot of my takes. Obviously that's where I get a lot of information from. And I hear a lot of the host talking about, well, Vladdy is so good, but I mean, it's gotta be Otani. He pitches. It's gotta be, it's gotta be. Well, why? But why? Like, I just, I want somebody to give me a reason. Cause I hear John Morosi on the station and he's saying, well, Vladdy's in it. Like, I think it's, it's probably going to be Vladdy. And I just, I hear, well, he's a unicorn. Okay. Well, why can't we appreciate the fact that he's a unicorn and appreciate the fact that this hasn't been done before, but also say that what Vladdy's doing at first and average first and hits first and home or tied for first and home runs. Now first and slugging first and total bases. He's about fourth and over in RBIs. Like, why can't we say that that is an MVP season, but yes, it's cool what Otani's doing. Cause just none of the stats point me towards him being an MVP. At, just, just nothing at 22 years old, at 22 years old with a team that's going to make a playoffs. Listen, bud, you're preaching to the choir here. I know. Like We are all like-minded. We're all, I guess the thing is too, we're all Jays homers. We all love the Jays, but like, it's true. He's having a way, way better statistical offensive season than Shohei Otani is. And he's contributing to one of the better teams in the American league. He has been the, like, since they've gotten hot, uh, whatever that win they had against the, the A's on that Friday night when they came back, which I was at, by the way. Oh, boy, what a night that was. But since then, he has been unbelievable. And they've got, what have they gone, like 16 and 5, you know, 17 and 6. Like they've been unbelievable since that point. So I completely agree with everything you're saying. His offensive season is amazing. It truly is. And Otani, I don't know, like I've watched a few Angels games because they come on after. Like 
I, he just swings wildly at every pitch. Like he's just looking for homers. He's a good pitcher, but he's not a great pitcher. I completely agree. Vladdy is the MVP, but they're going to reward the unicorn because it's like the baseball writers. It's just what it's going to happen. And listen, I don't want it to be true. And I think Vlad's the MVP. You think Vlad's the MVP. We're right. <laughs> because he's doing something different. That's what's going to happen but, here. Like the thing that bugs me is Shohei hasn't even thrown enough innings to qualify for an ERA lead. Like how can you not throw enough innings to qualify for the lead in, in that category but still be considered a great pitcher. And anyone, it just seems like if you second guess it and go like, you know what? He's good, but he's not great. Like he's, I, I don't know how else to put it. A guy who's not going to trot out every five days, a guy who's going to be a DH. Vladdy's been playing almost like almost a gold glove first base in a position that he's just moved to. And Shohei doesn't even play in the field for the most part. He's, he's DHing because of his arm, which makes sense. A guy Shohei who leads the league in striking out, but he leads in home runs, so that's cool. And like, it, it also it, it makes me question: Why do we let? Well, like, why is it the writers that vote on this? I, that's what I don't understand. It, it's always confused me why the writers. Yeah, I think I think hockey has it right where there's the two, where it's like, was it the Lester? I always get that screwed up, but it's the Lester B. Pearson. It used to be the Lester B. Pearson, where it was the players voted for the MVP, and then there was the heart, which is voted on by the writers. I think, I mean, you have to give the, the writers, they're covering these sports every single day. Like you have to give them their cookie in terms of being able to vote for this stuff. But I would love to see a player vote because you watch the all-star game. You see every guy that goes to first base that's talking to Vladdy. These guys revere Vladdy. Like, and you look at like, he's a 22 year old kid and he has the presence of like a, you know, a 10, 15 year veteran in the MLB. Everybody loves talking to Vladdy. He's a clear leader on the Jays. I would be like if there was a Lester B. Pearson in the in the MLB where they're letting the players vote on who the MVP is. I bet you a million bucks that it would be Vladdy that would win it. I think it's just it's a it's a narrative driven thing with Otani. He's doing something that hasn't been seen since Babe Ruth, and I think he's going to win because of that. And I I don't agree with the decision. I vehemently disagree. I <laughs> hard disagree, but. It's going to happen, fellas, and we're going to have to prepare ourselves for it. You, you say the Homer thing, and, and I understand that, that we're watching Vladdy every day. We do something that a lot of the writers don't get to do either. But, like, even Salvador Perez, he goes out every day. He's putting out these offensive numbers. He's got a better average than, than Shohei. An amazing year. He's leading he's in RBIs. He's catches. tied he's for done, home runs, and he catches every run. game. Yeah. So to, to put it on somebody to squat and catch every game and then to go produce at the plate like he is, that's incredible too. So I, I almost feel like, like Shohei should be third behind those two. It, it's, it just blows my mind, but I'm done preaching to you. I'm done yelling at the mic. It's just, I, everyone's yelling back and yeah. forth, but it's the same <laughs> it's thing. The same point. It's like, you, yes, I agree. Yes, I agree. Like you listen, like I'm looking at Shohei's numbers in the last 30 games and like, he's gone way down. He's hitting 212. He's got only, he's got five homers in his last 30 game. Uh, yeah. Like he's just, his OPS has gone way downhill. He's, he's fading here. And that's fair. Cause he's pitching, he's hitting. I understand it. But like, you know who's not fading? Vladdy. Vladdy's actually getting stronger. Going on the upswing at the most important time of the year. So we can get off this. We can stop screaming at each other about how we agree so hard. But, like, <laughs> we agree hard. We'll, we'll ask one golf question. We'll let you go after that. Um, the Ryder Cup coming up this weekend, obviously, uh, it's going to be done by the time we get out for the podcast on Monday. But for, it'll be Saturday when this happens on the radio. So uh, what are you most looking forward to in the Ryder Cup to watching? Is it, like, and uh, side note, what is Bryson doing? Like, why, why? <laughs> I don't get it. Okay. So I love the Ryder cup. This is one of my most anticipated things. I'm so glad they didn't do it last year with no fans. 
because, you know, they were talking about that. It would have sucked. With no, the fans are what makes this great because it's unlike any other golf tournament where the fans are like on guys, you know, if a guy misses a putt, they're cheering a guy duck hooks a drive. They're, they're, they're cheering. That's what I love about it. And I just think the most fascinating thing about this is how team Europe always has a way of figuring to be the underdog, even though they've, I think they've gone nine and two in the last, like they win all the time now. Right. But they still somehow have this underdog mentality where they feel like slighted by the States because the States has all these superstar bluster guys who think they're the best and Bryson amongst them, who's got blisters on his hands from practicing for the long drive. Comp. Like, buddy, like it's a rider. Could you maybe just, I don't know. I I've kind of been defending Bryson this year. It's kind of been one of my takes. I like what he does, but God, he's a hard guy to defend. He's just been a complete lunatic. I think the like, I love the rider. I just love the whole different thing. You know, the, the match play stuff how these guys interact with each other and the fist pumps and like getting in the crowd. It's just golf. unlike any other sort of thing. So I'm interested in that. And uh, I'm very interested in how Lee Westwood's going to break the hearts of American golfers. So those are what I'm interested in, but I, I can't wait for it, fellas. Well, I was looking at the betting odds this week and I was once again, like you said, I was kind of, why are they still the underdogs? It seems like every year they're, they're right there, if not winning it. So uh, if I was to put money down, Listen, on Europe, like. here's the thing we had on the golf show. We had Shane Ryan, who's works for golf digest, huge Ryder cup guy. We were talking about it on Saturday morning and we were talking about this. This course is set up for the Americans. It's a bomber course. It's wide open. The I saw some videos today. The rough is not very thick. They picked a really good team. If they don't get this one done, then it's got to be a referendum on American golf because this is like set up beautifully for them to win. So that's why Europe is still an underdog because this, everything is set up for the States to win kind of going away here. And if they don't, it's going to be a huge referendum. It's like when we lost in hockey and they had to have the whole referendum on it. So uh, yeah, I would highly recommend a bet on Europe because it's fun to cheer for Europe. But, like, I really do think that the states might roll in this. He goes, bet Europe you're going to lose your money. Yeah. So what I heard was America's cheating again. That's acceptable. We've come to expect it. I'm here for America slander. Like, if you <laughs> talk about how, yeah, like, I can't stand Brooks Kepka. I can't stand a lot of the guys in that team. Like, I, I don't know what it is about them. They just have this sort of American arrogance that it's just, they always do this. Every Ryder Cup, there's always drama. So. Did I not see Kepka say he was going to catch Tiger and then – He's like, I just have to win one major for the next 14 years and I'll catch him. Like, <laughs> 25% of the majors every year. No problem. You Is got that it? it? Okay. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Seems easy. Doable, I guess. There's no other good golfers. You should be fine. <laughs> All righty. Well, Sam, uh, we thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I know Tyler loves talking to Owen Sound, so we'll have to have you back again uh, another time. But honestly, thanks for joining us. Always been a blast. <laughs> thanks, fellas. Have a good one. Goldline Curling is proud to support the Port Elgin Chrysler 2022 Ontario Tankard in Saugeen Shores. Powered by Bruce Power, February 9th through 13th at the Plex in Port Elgin. Goldline Curling, the choice of champions. I'm Dave Middleton, a proud Sun Life Financial Advisor. And I've got some fantastic ideas for the money that's building up in your bank account due to COVID-19. Make more and protect more. Visit sunlife.ca slash dave.middleton. This is the Smitty and Mitty Show. Hey, 
Hits, this Million Mini Show podcast back here. Thank you for listening here. Episode 57, Mitty is coughing. He's got uh, the Rona. Don't say that. No? Okay. No, I don't know what it is. It's just really cold out. Yeah, it is cough. I woke up and I got like four hours of sleep. I left my window open the other night and I woke up and I was freezing. Yeah. Is that time of year? Everybody's sick and even the little girl's sick after being at school so much i don't know it's just that time of year but isn't it silly and i think we said this before that every time like you get a little cough or something people are just like oh well they're dying he's dying yeah well now you gotta look into work. it he's dying you gotta look into it now if i'm dying look at my symptoms what's going on what are your symptoms my symptoms i'm fine oh okay cool oh. as shit you know what your symptoms are cool being, guy being gorgeous look at you hmm Look at you on that side of the mic. Even in this dark lighting. Speaking of uh, COVID, since we haven't talked about it enough the past two years, do you see it during the pressers for the preseason Leafs? Uh, very boring. All of it was very boring. I know you're not a Leaf fan, so it was just you don't need to know anything about it except for Nylander admitted that he just got his second shot and he'll be ready for, um, for the start of the NHL season. And I think sneakily the NHL has done a masterful job at ensuring that their players are getting this vaccine. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because they're not allowed to come into Canada or play in Canada if they're not, right? And I mean, it's kind of the NHL. It's kind of not, I guess. It's kind of the Ontario government as well and the uh, just the Canadian government. But, I mean, is this a good thing? I think it is. I think it's got to be. Right? right. Like, like, uh, the NHL is, um, if I'm not mistaken, far and above every other league, uh, professional sports league, in being vaccinated, Partially because I think they're the sports league. Well, I don't think. I know they're the sports league that has the most Canadian teams, the most Canadian travel, and the most Canadian players, right? So a lot of these guys are Canadians. They're home here in the off season. A lot of them are vaccinated. And speaking of uh, Canadians, Andrew Wiggins, Canadian, is very vocal about not being vaccinated, playing in California, where it is a mandate in the States as well, a very liberal state. And uh, it's a mandate that you can't, he can't go into his arena to practice or to play because he's not vaccinated. He said he's not going to. So like, how, my question to you is how do you go into a locker room knowing that you're not going to be able to play any of your home games plus one road game where you're playing the Toronto Raptors and, you know, tell your team that like, like, I mean, it's just Andrew Wiggins. He hasn't been the star we thought he was. So it's not the biggest deal ever, but I mean, you still have to, you're, you're still an NBA player. You're still, we're at one time, a first overall pick. And you have to look at your team and say, I'm not doing it. I know all of you are vaccinated, but you're all stupid for doing it. And I'm just not going to play. Well, it's first of all, is it not way more games than just one? No, like, the, you, State, the Golden State Warriors are one of the, the Raptors ones. Yeah, but it's you got to cross conference. Yeah, but what about all the other California teams? Okay. I was just counting Sacramento, the, I was just Clippers, counting the Lakers. Like, well, I actually have no idea if it's a California thing or if it's just okay, like a, yeah, or if it's just where they play Oakland. Oakland, if it's an Oakland for problem. Now. Yeah, I think, I think they actually might be in San Francisco. I think they did move. You know, whatever. That's beside the point. Is it total, it's totally, yeah, way off, way off. Mark. But even if it is California, let's take it that way. And you're right. I mean, what are the other NBA teams? Sacramento is that the only other NBA team in? Sacramento and two Los Angeles teams and right. I mean, so three teams in Toronto that if it is Plus California, all your home you can't games. play in all your home games. I mean, it's got to take a decent chunk out of your schedule, right? I'm sure that I'm sure the club's not happy about that. 
and well, NBA rules and same with NHL, they don't have to pay them for games they're not playing. So he's forfeiting most of his contract. And <laughs> like that's a problem. Like you so what what are you what you're telling me? Let's say, let's say all he's gonna forfeit is four million dollars, right? Let's say it's four million. I think it's probably more than that for all the games he's gonna have to, you're right, forfeit. Uh, but let's say it's four million. So you're telling me getting this vaccine is not worth four million dollars. If somebody gave me four million dollars and said, take this, and I didn't even know what was in the syringe, I would still take it. I can guarantee you that. Well, it's just, and it's just so for the team, you don't have to pay him for the games he's not playing. But still, it's got to be a huge headache because now you got to fill that with somebody else and still try to be competitive for those other half your games or even more than half your games if you include some of those road games. Like, how frustrating is that going to be for his team, for his coaching staff, the management in the front office to? to deal with that really. Right. And, and he's obviously vocal about it. There's probably more than just him dealing with this, but uh, he's the most vocal about it, which makes it that much tougher. Yeah. We didn't even take into consideration the, um, the PR nightmare that's kind of, that would be happening in California. Like if there's one state that, that like uh, California is the most liberal state to ever be liberal ever. Like that, that San Francisco is just, I think they, I think they paint the grounds red or paint the blue, I guess in the States because they're so liberal. So yeah, that's a bad place to be against the vaccine, I think. Yeah. So uh, I'd be interested to see if he doesn't strike me as a guy that will move on that, but I'll be interested to see what comes of it maybe partway through the season if he decides that he doesn't want to be sitting out as much as he is. Well, interesting. He changes his mind. Interestingly enough, there was a question that was pondered um, that I heard, and the Raptors, when they were shopping Lowry, a deal with, uh, with the Warriors was possible, and it was probably going to involve Andrew Wiggins. And is that the reason that maybe the deal didn't get done is because they knew he was against the vaccine. They knew he probably would be able to play and they just didn't want to deal with the hassle. That's it. It's an interesting, I maybe not and probably not, but it's an interesting thing to think about. I think it certainly could be up there. I mean, these teams, as much as we don't want to sit here and admit it, um, it is very much a part of their job now to kind of think about these things, at least have them in the back of their head because it's not going to go anywhere I would think for at least another year, right? You're probably going to still have these mandates for this upcoming season, whether or not you get it back for the next one, who knows? We'll see where we're at. But I mean, you got to think about it this year because it's something that it really can affect your team by week by week, month by month, season by season. Did you see the story about Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's balls? Um, Excuse me, come again? Have you not actually not heard it, or are you surprised by the way I phrased it? Uh, I haven't heard it, and I'm okay. also surprised okay. by the way you phrased it. Okay, uh, all Nicki of the above. Minaj, Nicki Minaj tweeted that I think it was her friend's cousin's or her cousin's friend um, took the vaccine, and his testicular swole up to like eight times what they should be, and now he's infertile. And he lived in Israel, I believe, and so the Israel government actually had to address a Nicki Minaj tweet. And say we have not found any evidence of this person actually having any testicular problems or any problems in the ball area <laughs> throughout the country. And the 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 health minister of the country at his press conference, he, he said the words, I never thought I'd have to say this, but we couldn't find any problems with anyone's balls. <laughs> 
was great. It was great. So That's then the White so House. Random. Oh, I'm not done. So then the White House reached out to her and said, we would like to um, have a conversation with you and um, help inform you on the vaccine so we can get positive information, um, the truth, really, about this vaccine out and try and persuade some people. So she tweeted, I've been invited to the White House, which then the White House official account had to go, nope, it was a phone invite. <laughs> so it's been it's been quite a week for Nicki minaj's cousin's friends balls oh my goodness that sounds painful i mean i i don't believe it for a second that it was true but like it sounds painful i had a guy i played with at obj who never wore a cup and i don't wear a cup in the field either but he didn't wear a cup and he took a ground ball that hopped up on him and got him in the cherries and one of them swelled up to about the size of a grapefruit and it stayed like that forever yeah yeah did you have to get that surgically removed? I, I I don't I think he said it might still work, so they didn't want to take it. Well, you got another one. I don't think that's how it works, is it? I, I have no idea. Why would you that's have not, two if that one works? Not what, that's what, that is, I don't know. That is not what this show is about. I don't know. Isn't it like uh we're not a testicular show? No, don't you only only need like one or half your liver or something like that? No, I think that's kidneys. Kidneys. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You're thinking kidneys, not balls. Okay. Back to, uh, let's go to the Toronto Blue Jays. Back to your regular scheduled sports programming. <laughs> let's um, go to the Toronto Blue Jays. We talked about the Kevin Kiermeyer thing on the radio show. Do you want to do like a quick wrap up for all of our listener friends here? Or do you just want to move on? Um, I think everyone's kind of got the gist of it. I do just want to ask you if um, after the few days since we recorded and the radio show went on, has your opinion on anything that happened changed? No. Still no. feeling the same way. I have no problem with what Kevin Kiermeyer did. There's a piece of paper on the ground. He picked it up. He got the competitive edge. There's probably nothing there that they didn't know anyways. The problem I still have with it is, for one, the fact that he was just so blatantly lying about it, saying that he didn't know what it was, and they shredded up right away. They didn't even look at it. That's a lie. That's all a lie, right? So that, I think, is what got under the, the Blue Jays' bonnet. And the fact that Brucky threw at him in the last inning eh, feels a bit sheepish to me. I don't like it. Um, it's scaredy. And uh, I don't know. There's a better word I could use, but I don't want to use it. So, yeah. I mean, so the only you, the only thing that I have come to in the last. But you know what? It went, it, it went it. from a three game suspension to a two. He actually got it reduced and he was able to appeal it for the one game. So even though Pearson had to throw. He was able to still come in and be a piece in that bullpen for a day and then take suspension. It all kind of worked out. And now I think the animosity, like baseball works when there's animosity between teams and it doesn't happen very often, but just think about how exciting those Toronto Blue Jays and Texas Rangers series were, or even the Baltimore Orioles and Jen Darren O'Day against Jose Bautista. How fun that was every year, like animosity, especially between teams that play each other as much as the Tampa Bay Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays is a really good thing for the league. And you're telling me you're not as a Jays fan, hoping that they can get a wild card spot, win the wild card game and play the Tampa Bay Rays. And you're you know dying for it, that, man. You're I dying think it, it for that. It kind of helped them a little bit too, because like we talked about before, the Yankees go into Tampa for the last series. And I heard Tim Leaper talking about it and teams do that. If they want, if, if, if the, uh, the Rays really wanted the Jays to lose, to play the Yankees. They could throw their games and they could share all their information they have with the Orioles. Teams do that. He said they've done that and that they will continue to do that in baseball. So I think maybe there's a little bit of fire under the Tampa Bay Rays that they want to face the Blue Jays and they want to beat them too. So maybe it helps you a little bit too. 
Yeah, and it, like you said, I think so. The Rays play New York their final three games of the season, which normally they've already clinched the AL East. They might take a little bit of time to you know rest, right? Give some guys some time off. Baseball is generally not a sport that does a crazy amount of that, not like in basketball or anything. But I think they might normally. But you're right. I think them wanting to face the Blue Jays, they're going to be gunning to beat the Yankees, right? They're going to be gunning to try and make sure that the Jays are in the playoffs so that they can draw them. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think obviously with everything going on, they want to play the Blue Jays. I also think the Rays think they match up pretty well against Toronto. Can I ask you one thing? First of all, the I think the only thing that the Rays will be playing for still is home field advantage throughout the playoffs and finishing above the Astros. And I don't know what kind of the comparison is there still. I don't know if they're still battling, but let me ask, like, do the Rays a World Series team? If you look at the Rays on paper, I don't think they're even, like, an AL East champions team. But for some reason, the Rays every single year come to win and they play baseball um, with fantastic strategy. I don't think they're World Series favorites, but I think if you're picking a team from the American League, I think it's got to be Tampa Bay, right? They're not the scariest team out there. They don't have the firepower offense. But I think generally from what you've seen over the years, they're a team that you got to watch out for. Well, you know what's the – This is it sounds like a homer thing to say, but I honestly think the scariest team to come out of the AL could be the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, very easily. I think in a you know a five-game series, even a seven-game series, that rotation, when you can – when you can bring it down to three, maybe four guys and Ryu becomes a guy like, Oh, we can throw him if we want. And he's going to pitch it on Tuesday against the Yankees. So let's see um, if he can still throw a baseball, but you know, get bringing it down to three guys of Brios and Ray and Manoa. That is a scary rotation. That lineup is scary. And the Rays, they're always going to find guys and they always will. But the rotation in a, in a, in a series, I just I, – I don't see it. I mean, they lost their ace in glass now, and then, like, I just don't see what they're going to have to throw it at you in a series. I saw something interesting on Twitter the other day. Um, the Tampa Bay ownership said that they will be displaying signs in the playoffs that say Tampa Bay Montreal. This is a legit thing that is happening. Mm-hmm. Like, they are 100% like – it seems like they are all in on this and they are not afraid to show it. Like, is that weird to you? Like, are we going to actually see a professional team that splits half times in two different cities and not, Imagine, even two different, not even two different cities that are really that close together? I want you to almost as far apart as you can get. I want you to just imagine being a diehard Tampa Bay, formerly double raised the Rays team. Imagine being a diehard fan. And now your ownership group is throwing a Montreal logo on the name and threatening to not only split seasons between Montreal and Tampa Bay or St. Pete, really, uh, but also have the second half of the season be in Montreal. So the games that really matter are actually going to be in Montreal. So you're losing half your team, really half your games, and it's the good half. And the ownership group is obviously just trying to use is trying their their hardest to either get a new stadium or get the hell out. Do you think but I wonder if the Rays would work better if they weren't if they weren't in St. Pete and they were closer to Tampa Bay cuz it's a, even Clearwater. It is a hike to get out there from Tampa Bay. 
Well, and that's always been their problem, right? It's not in Tampa Bay. It's a little bit of a tougher area to get to. Um, I've never been to the Trop, but this is just all what I've heard, right? The travel there isn't fantastic. Um, I think it would be interesting to see these two teams, there's one team playing in two different cities. I, I can't see it working. Like, I'll be honest with you, I can't. For if either started, side, like, do you, if you're a Montreal, quote unquote, Montreal baseball fan, are you happy to see the Rays come in here and play their second half in Montreal? Uh, I feel like it's basically just like a pissing match between who's going to build a stadium first. That's what it is. Like the ownership group is saying, hey, we don't care. We'll go to Montreal or we'll stay in Tampa Bay. Whoever's going to build us a stadium. Yeah. Whoever's going to build us that. Who's going to build us, build us that million billion dollar stadium that we can make more money in? One million billion dollars, says Dr. Evil. Million or billion. <laughs> so just so that's, it's either going to cost them one million or one billion. It depends what they want. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in that range. Yeah, somewhere in the guess. middle. They're either going to build Labatt or the Rogers Center. Like it's either going to be a million or a billion. Who knows? <laughs> million or a billion. One of the two. <laughs> all right. Uh, Smitty Mini Show, Noah Smith, Tyler Middleton. I guess we'll wrap it up for another week. Is that all we got? I think that's all we got. So, Dave Middleton, Sunlight Financial Life, Spreader Under the Sun, Gold Line Curling, the choice of champion. Was there something else you wanted to get to, or is that it? No, I think that's everything for this week. I mean, uh, like I said, we got some um, exciting sports coming up in the next few weeks. So, we'll get to some of that. Um, as always, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and check out our TV show. <coughs> Friday nights in Gray County and London on Rogers TV and across the Smitty Mitty Show radio network, 560 CFOS in Owen Sound, SimmarysRadio.com and BlastTheRadio.com. And you know what? Next week we are played directly before the London Knights and the Owen Sound Attack are starting off their OHL campaigns against each other. So we're going to try and put together a little OHL preview show for you. So make sure you uh, stick around, check us out on the radio and the uh, TV stations for that, because I'm excited. And a reminder as well, junior hockey and minor hockey kicking out, kicking off all around the province. Uh, Obviously junior hockey teams are struggling. A lot of them. And I know a lot of places are struggling, but if you want a night out and you don't know what to do, uh, minor or uh, junior hockey is a whole lot of fun. So check out your junior C, junior B, whatever. Uh, Go support your local teams. That does it for us this week here on the Smitty Mitty Show. Thank you for listening and thank you for tuning in to episode 57. And we'll talk to you again next week here on the Smitty Mitty Show.